Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. It is Monday, September 16th, 2013, as far as you know. And it's time for 10 dozen minutes of Jick and Mr. Skullhead, starring Jick and Mr. Skullhead, featuring Jick and Mr. Skullhead, and introducing Jick and Mr. Skullhead. I'm Mr. Skullhead, and Jick is coming to you from an undisclosed location. I am. The location this time is undisclosed on account of sequestration, and I will thank you to refer to me, as I was referred to all day today, as juror number 11. Were you seriously juror number 11? I was seriously juror number 11. I That's was, ridiculous. I was pretty happy about that. Yeah. Um, or uh, alternatively, uh, juror T-7791, uh, which was only used uh, in the event of having a common last name. So that shit never happens to me. <laughs> right. That uh, sounds like uh, a model of Terminator. Yeah, yeah. Like, we're sending out Judge Dredd with Juror T-79771 yep, to back exactly. you up. <laughs> yeah. and, and Bailiff Bot, the the comedic, rusty comic relief. You know, the comedic comic relief as opposed to the um, earnest comic relief. The tragic comic relief. <laughs> you know, like like Jim Varney. Beep, not, no, fuck, not Jim Varney. We've been through this. Um, or No, it is Jim Varney. Fuck! Jim why Varney I, is the earnest guy. Why am I so bad at this, Mr. Skullhead? Jim Neighbors is uh, Gomer Pyle. Right, okay. All right. We've been we've been through this all before. How you been, Mr. Skullhead? Hey, I've uh, been pretty good. Been doing things. Things have been accomplished. Before I launch into the story of my entire fucking day, hmm. I'd like to I'd like to hear something interesting for a change. <laughs> Tell me about your Tell me the story of your day. Don't you mean the story of my life? Uh, no. No. Nobody has time for that. I, uh, let's see. Tell, what me, tell I, me the story of your life at one-to-one time scale. <laughs> the, so this Thursday night, I got to go see another one of my sketches performed by Ooh. Big Fun Radio Fun Time, and that was super cool. Uh, I, without ego, well, with ego, but with uh, humility in my ego I can say that it got the biggest laughs of the night. Nice. So that was great. And it was one that I wasn't really sure about going in because it has a like it's a fractured fairy tale version of Cinderella that features cameos like repeated cameos by Batman and I wasn't sure if the audience was going to go with me on that one but they did and they just laughed hilariously and it was great. Excellent. Yeah. I... I'm guessing sometime after Fest, because the guy that runs, runs Big Fun Radio is also at Renaissance Festival. I'm guessing sometime after that, he can he's going to put the last couple of shows up, and then I'll direct people there so they can hear them. Neat. Is that is it only in the last two that you have things performed? Yes. Awesome. I mean, it's cool that they invited you back after the first one. Yeah, and, uh, well, I mean, like, he read the script that I sent him the first time, and if he didn't think it was funny, he would have just said, uh, no, we're, we're good. Well, sure, but I mean, the a guy who does comedy thinking that something is funny does not necessarily translate to the audience thinking it's funny, right? I mean, he probably has. Oh, that is true. He probably has a sense of it, but like actually seeing the reaction, you never know. You never know how the public is going to react. Yeah, and they they did well. The first one did pretty well. This one actually did better, which makes me happy. So uh, we the next one of those is a holiday themed one on December first, and I have already written a the guy hiring Santa's elves gets like Celeborn and Galadriel and Legolas to answer his ad for elves okay and hilarity ensues yeah I can imagine it does these things are great because it takes like 
half an hour to write it. I mean, you know the way that writing things works is your brain just chews on stuff for a long time, but like actually sitting down and writing it takes yeah. maybe half an hour. But it, it has to be the right half an hour, and you are freaking out about when that half an hour is going to arrive for the days right. or weeks leading up to it. So that was cool. I mean, and it's neat that you've already got the, cool. you've already got it done for the <laughs> December first one, also. Yeah. yeah. Well, on the way, like right after the show, I came up to him and said, "Hey, I've been thinking of doing like Snow White and the Dwarf for the next one of these." And he said, "Oh, well, the next thing's a holiday themed one, so uh, we may use that one in March." And on the way home, I was just like, "Holiday themed one, you say?" Hmm. If only I had experience coming up with a whole bunch of different approaches right. to holiday bullshit. Right, this is also going to be the central point of our Krembo, is we're just going to bring in... I guess the pork elves are kind of our high elves, aren't they? Uh, we could bring are. in some actual high elves who just kind of giggle and eat cookies. <laughs> yeah, dude. And they're like, oh, dude, those cookies I ate because I had the munchies were pot cookies. Oh. Dude, my eyes are so bloodshot that they're just like people eyes. <laughs> um. My eyes are so bloodshot they look like candy canes. I also finished the uh, rap track for uh, KOL Addicts, which was auctioned off. That was Bob, was that Bob the Joker's purchase? Yes, I did not yet listen to it. I, every time I every time I've checked my email, it's been on my phone, and I've not been in a position where I could actually listen to it. Mm-hmm. But, but I shall. Did you did you record it? You laid it down. I laid it down. I got uh, so front a lot wanted to introduce me to Reaper when I was doing the last track. And I opened it and went, yeah, this looks complicated, and closed it again. But uh, this time, I opened it and messed around with it, and it's great. It is great for doing music stuff, because it is so easy to bring in something and loop it and sync things up, and yeah, it was, it was gorgeous. I did it in like three days. Oh, that's cool. That's what I used for recording in Mexico. Mm-hmm. Um, the song in Mexico. Yes, yeah. Because I immediately thought, huh. Like yeah. your podcast that you did, like making sure that you got the proper bass resonance on all of the gunshots going off around you. Sure, yeah, yeah, all the beheadings. Yeah, you needed to make it make it seem like you know they were right there in the room with me, but I needed it to seem like they were right there in the room with the listeners. Ah, good Surely times. the best kind of beheading is a nearby one, not too nearby. Yeah, well, I mean, I can't speak from personal experience. I guess I don't think anybody can. Yeah. Every time they try, it's just a little bit of blood pours out, and they keep blinking for about 25, 30 seconds. Yeah. Yeah, and the rest is silence. I mean, I can, I definitely understand if you're going to be beheaded, you would want to be the guy. Like, yeah, keep shouting at me and see how long I can answer you. Or, you know, blink. Yeah. <clears throat> see if I can answer you. Like, nope, no lungs. I mean, I so I think about that sometimes, but then I think... If, like, the guy beheading me is like, hey, uh, be a sport and keep blinking after uh, we cut your head off and see how long it lasts, I think I would just say, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> Here, be a sport and don't fucking behead me. How about that? How about that plan? It is a little strange to me that over history we have been killing people in various ways all the time. I don't know. Like, watching the Tudors back when we watched that... It was just weird to think, like, here's a guy, same, you know, made up of the same meat and chemicals as you, but you're gonna, like, cut his scrotum open and play ping pong with his balls and then cut his hands off and then break his bones on the wheel and then boil him alive? Like, I, what is wrong with us as a race? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, 
Are there animals that never kill each other? Probably not. I yeah. don't think there are animals that torture each other on purpose, though. Well, unless you consider, like, maybe cats don't torture each other on purpose, but cats cats definitely have some some actions that if you were to ascribe intent, you could only ascribe the intent of torture. I suppose. Right? I mean, they'll toy with they'll toy with prey, and maybe there's a reason for it, biologically or evolutionarily, but uh, but who knows? Nah, I mean, because it's, like, it's fun. You know, it it is. The longer that I'm alive, the less time it seems like has passed since people were allowed to own other people in this country. Right. You know, you know? and it's like, I think, hey, you know, not to not to toot our own horns, but but I think we are fairly right thinking people ethically. You right. Know? I'd say we're I'd say we're in a high we're in a high percentile in terms of ethical behavior. I'd like to think that we are. And uh, yeah, I mean. I don't know that I come down on on the side of like you should never kill anybody because like I feel like if somebody kills a bunch of people it's okay to kill them, but but who knows you know you can never tell like which things are the last vestiges of barbarism if if it is even if it is even not a joke cosmically to suggest that we are nearing the last vestiges of our barbarism right. and, and not still so deeply ensconced in it that people will be laughing at us a hundred years the way that we laugh at people a hundred years ago <laughs> they they were awful they thought there was only two genders <laughs> yep <laughs> uh, boy uh, yeah it was neat seeing a cross-section of uh of people today that is that is something that does not happen to me very much anymore I had, a, I had a, a long series of firsts uh for at least firsts in a while today i had to drive and rush hour traffic um which is a thing that I have very carefully constructed my life over the last decade to avoid. Mm. Really ever doing anything when a lot of other people are doing it. Um, so that sucked. I got to the... Is it okay for me to start telling my jury duty story? Yeah, absolutely. You didn't have anything else you wanted to get in there with first. I uh, I was almost late. I mean, you know, I was fine. I was only ten minutes early, which to my mind was almost late for something that it says this will cost you $500 if you're late. Um, because I, I, I even, even if it hadn't been for all of the construction, the map that they provided was just straight up inaccurate. Uh -huh. Like it was like, all right, so here's the address of the place that you have to report to. And then here's an inset map that contains the parking garage and it doesn't have the address of the parking garage. So it was like, wasn't a thing that I could put into the GPS or whatever. So I was just like, well, I'll just follow this map and go to it. But the streets, adjacent to the parking garage that were present on the map just were not there in real hmm. life. You know, it was just like, I oh, just like take Madison over to 8th, but Madison stops at 7th. Yeah. And it's also something that I don't understand. A, a map on which you have a bunch of one-way streets whose directionality is not indicated on the map is not really useful. Yeah, that is some bullshit. And it's like, I get that the guy making the map maybe doesn't know from memory which direction all those streets go, but like, no map would have been better than this map. Because if there'd been <laughs> no map in this packet, I would have said, all right, well, it's my responsibility to figure out how to get there. But because there was a map there, I thought, all right, map, somebody must have done the work already in teaching me how to get to this place. Anyway, I got there, and it was fine, and I, and I checked in on the little computer, and it asked me how many years of school I had completed, 
just as a number? Huh. What do you what do you reckon the answer to that question is? With just with no clarification, which is the amount of clarification that it gave. For me, let's see. So twelve and four and two. You don't count kindergarten? Eighteen. No, I think of like first grade as the first grade. Mm. I mean, and kindergarten then I think isn't... of my my last graduate year as eighteenth grade. Yeah, kindergarten is not optional. So I was like, well, I did K through twelve, which is thirteen, plus the bachelor's, which is four. I mean, it took six or eight of actual. You know, it took yeah. Do they mean took, years yeah, of eight years of real time, or? six years of of more or less full time enrollment? But yeah. So anyway, seventeen is what I put, and I was like, that is a weird fucking number. Like, why was that not just what it is everywhere else, which is just, like, f- finished high school, f- finished four years of college, you know? Or high school, some college, four-year degree, advanced degree. Yeah, like, that's a really easy thing to do in a series of checkboxes instead of making somebody just generate a number. Yeah. Um, and then I talked to somebody else. I was like, you know, I, I had said... Everybody always says that being a college graduate means that you're unlikely to be selected for a jury. And I don't know why people say that. And the woman next to me was like, well, but they don't know that about us. Right. They didn't they didn't ask us that. And I said, well, they you know, it was on the thing that we filled out on the way in. And she said, I didn't fill out anything on the way in. I just gave a person my driver's license and they handed me this badge that I got from the machine that asked me a bunch of fucking questions and then printed me out a badge. And then when I got there, there were there was a woman who kept yelling, "Bring your clipboards back here when you're done." And I didn't get a clipboard. <laughs> you know, I wasn't gonna go. Uh, the only the only form that I filled out in real life was the, uh, "You can use my twelve dollars that you have to pay me today to buy coffee for the next group," instead <laughs> of giving it to me. But so I got there at eight a.m. and it. Uh, just nothing at all happened until like 1.30, basically. Just sat in a room. They had Wi-Fi, but my computer would not connect to it. My phone mm. connected to it just fine. My computer wouldn't. Um, you know, and it was, it, was, uh, it was a fairly comfortable room. There was television if you wanted to watch television. It was tuned to the History Channel, so it was just garbage. And it was mm-hmm. like guys buying used pinball machines and then readouts <laughs> of how much money they made. By that f- seems right up your alley, guys well, buying used yeah, pinball machines. But I mean, I, yes. Um, every once in a while, they would, they, you know, they made us watch a video about how important it was to serve on a jury. Which, you know, I'm fine with that, right? Like, I understand that because if I ever commit a crime, I'm entitled to a trial by jury. That I have to be on the other side of that coin in order for it to work, right? I mean, it's just it's like justice insurance. You know, right. you just got to do it. Um, that you know, sat and sat, and drank a bunch of coffee till the coffee ran out. Um, they ran out of coffee before I ran out of the desire to drink coffee, and uh-huh. so they called a bunch of people, and I wasn't one of them. And then they called a bunch of people, and I wasn't one of them. And then we went to lunch. It was like a two-hour lunch break, which was like, yeah, okay, <laughs> like this is not really going to be any different. I guess I don't have to be in this building. Um, came back, and then I did get called, and then it's like, all right, we're going to say your names again and assign you these numbers and give you these big cards. And on the back of the card is the information that you need to have at hand because they're going to ask you for it. And so it was just like, where do you work? How long have you worked there? Are you married? Do you have any kids? What does your spouse do for a living? And have you ever been on a jury before? Um, The woman, the bailiff, who was apparently new, 
had a comical inability to pronounce anyone's name. It was like the last person in the world that should be given a job where she has to read a bunch of people's names. Oh, like the woman who read all the names at my graduation. Sure. <laughs> Joshua Nate? She, she just, she gave up on two-thirds of them and just started spelling them, which is fine. You know, you can do that. But it was, it was ridiculous. And then the elevator that would have taken all of us up to the top floor, her key didn't work <laughs> to, to open the special <laughs> elevator. She then, after, later, after we got into the courtroom, she locked herself out, and then somebody had to, like, get the judge's attention. There's like, I think she's stuck outside. And the judge was like, ah, she'll figure it out. <laughs> Took a while for there to be a bailiff again. Um, so then, we, so then we're, we, were given, we were given these numbers. We took the elevator up to the 13th floor. And, mm. uh, all right, line up, in a line, by number. So we did that. So then it was like, now reverse the order of the line in groups of eight. So it starts out with like, you know, one through 60 or whatever, but then it had to reconfigure itself to a line that went eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one, 16, 15, 14, 13, 12. So that, that took a really long time for people to, and I was left wondering like, what? Couldn't, couldn't you just, couldn't you just not do this? Like, there has got to be a way to get us into that room so that you know where we're sitting without doing this thing that you're doing right now that's just confusing and annoying a bunch of people who are already annoyed. Right. Went in, judge starts talking about all the reasons that you can't be on a jury. Um, and then starts just going down the list one at a time, asking if anybody anybody has any, you know, any reason. So do you have any medical reasons that you can't be on this jury? And so the handful of people were like, yeah, I can't sit down for more than a half an hour at a time or I get real bored. And that. so, it's, you know, it's just a bunch of... The, 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 this is when the cross-section of people started <laughs> started revealing itself. And it was it was kind of interesting. There were like... I tend to think of like if you just took a random sampling of people from the population and I mean maybe this is a little biased because it's the people who actually show up you know I mean so this is a random random sampling of people who are capable of getting their mail so might be a little bit a little bit cream of the crop to start with but there were like there were a lot of people that had a lot of a lot of talking to do about various things that were wrong with them and reasons yeah. they couldn't do it, you know, and that just that a lot of the time was spent listening to those people's stories about why they can't sit down for more than 15 minutes at a time. One guy was just this old guy and he was like, if I sit down for more than a half an hour at a time, I go to sleep. In fact, my wife likes to joke that I could go to sleep right after drinking an entire pot of coffee. And I was just like, you know what, motherfucker, that is not a joke. Your wife likes to just say that sentence. Yeah. But really neither here nor there, because nobody fucking asked you what your wife's favorite fucking joke is about the fact that you're old. And there's 50 of us, so let's, let's hurry up. Let's hurry up. Let's get this over with. And then I started feeling bad about myself, because I'm like, you know, these are just people. They got hopes and dreams and passions just like mine. Right. So there were a handful of people who had medical reasons. So then I learned that basically almost no one on earth, and I probably would have been able to tell you this before, fucking no one knows the difference between robbery and burglary because the guy the the guy whose trial it was it was a robbery trial and so 
one of the things that they have to check is that there anybody who has been recently traumatized by the same crime and would therefore mm. be unable to give an unbiased uh, unbiased assessment of testimony. And it was like, all right, have any of you been the victim of a robbery? And then she explained the difference between a robbery and a burglary. And like 15 people raised their cards and 13 of them had not actually been a victim of a robbery. But in fact, oh, yeah, my car got broken into or my house got broken into. So 13 times the judge just had to go through the same fucking thing. Were you there? Nope. Well, then you were not a victim of a robbery. All right. So like the first guy. okay, just doesn't know. So doesn't want to waste everybody's time. You know, he doesn't he's not intentionally wasting everybody's time by proposing and then having shot down the exact same thing that a bunch of other people just had. It was like people were excited at a chance to tell the story about how their car got broken into. And that excitement blinded them to the irrelevance to the task at hand of that story. Hmm. Maybe everybody who goes to jury duty has a lot of time on their hands and are kind of lonely. I mean, do you think that that's just true of everyone? Like, for the most part, people have a lot of time on their hands and are lonely? Yeah, it's probably true. Eh, I don't know. Everyone was everyone was pretty articulate. You Even know. the black people? Yeah. There was one... There was... I think that there was only one... I mean, the defendant was black, obviously. Uh, the... The 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 heavy the court heavy which I always thought that the bailiff was that bailiff and like guard were sort of the same thing yeah, in the context too. of but no the bailiff was this skinny girl who couldn't say anyone's name and then there was another guy who was in it you know in a uniform um there there was a there was a black woman in the in the in the selection pool who <clears throat> I her answer to she she had two things that it was very critical that she express one of which was that she was biased and she was incapable of an unbiased evaluation the other of which was that she did not have an opinion about anything and that she was not comfortable expressing or having an opinion about anything and so no matter what question was asked it was either I am biased or I don't have an opinion about anything and then finally, they were able to pigeonhole her into one of the other things that w- will let you out, which is that you have a religious or a philosophical or a moral uh, inability or, or unwillingness to sit in judgment of others. Right. I don't know. Are there religions that exempt you from jury duty because they forbid you from sitting in judgment of others? What about like the, the J-dubs? Are they opposed to jury duty? Is that Jehovah's Witnesses? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. They can't do anything else. I mean, but maybe in the in the trial, it might become necessary to say when someone was born, and since they don't believe in birthdays, right. they would then that person would then cease to exist in their estimation. Um, you got you got to go easy on me. It's my birthday. Oh well, that's all over then. <laughs> You're dead to me, defendant. And then uh, the lawyers got to ask clarification, and I don't know if it was the prosecutor's first day or what, because the first five questions that he asked were, juror number four, uh, when you sat on a jury previous to this, what did you say the crime was? And juror number four would say, I did not ever sit on a jury. And then that happened a bunch of other times. So I don't know if he just had like an off by one error in his note taking or what. He would often ask questions and be looking at a completely different part of the room than the person that he was talking to. 
Huh. Um, it was pretty good. But all of the questions were just basically like, it, they were they were disqualifying people who said that they were more likely to accept the testimony of a policeman than of a civilian witness, which is interesting. So yeah. that's a thing that you don't, you shouldn't do. Yeah, you know, you you have to you have to you have to be able to apply the same standard of objectivity to all testimony, regardless of where it's coming from, and that means whether it's a white guy or a black guy, or whether it's a cop or. You know, a crack a, a, a burglar. Yeah, same standards of objectivity, right? I mean, it's like, like if the cop sounds really on the ball and the crack hoe sounds like she has no idea what she's talking about, then it's okay to believe the cop and not the crack hoe. But you're not allowed to right. believe him just because he is a cop. I see. Um, so there were, you know, there were a handful of people who got who got uh, ditched in the first. So they would go on breaks. They would put us on breaks where we got to stand out in a hallway with nothing in it uh, while they did the actual work of jury selection. They hmm. eliminated a bunch of people. They, there was one guy who, uh, at one point, I felt like I was at a Catholic service because I had to. everyone had to turn to the person to their left and ask if they could hear and understand everything that had been said so far in the <laughs> courtroom. And uh, nobody said anything because everyone was talking to the back of the head of the person to their left. But one guy, a bunch of people around this guy raised their hands, and they were like, this guy doesn't speak English. And then the judge said to the guy, do you speak English? And he said, no. And she said, no. so you didn't understand the question that I just asked you? <laughs> and then he just stood there not saying anything. And then he was eventually eliminated, so that seems like a pretty good trick. They didn't check him. <laughs> how, you know, I just wonder how... like. How many people really want to be there? Uh, I'm guessing nobody. So how easy it, or how hard it would be to find people who just aren't going to make something up? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, some of the people had real stories, right? And it's like, mm -hmm. my, you know, I, I'm old and my retarded son it, it gets off of his bus in an hour and there is no one there to pick him up. So can I go take care of my retarded son? Like, yeah, sure. Right. Yes, you can. But they didn't check. You know, that guy might have just been a good liar. And then everybody had to go around and list their answers to all of those questions. You know, where do you work? Who is your daddy? And what does he do? Yeah. And then uh, finally at 4.30, they called us all in and selected all the jurors. And, uh, and it was like, juror number three, you are now juror number one. Juror number four, you are now juror number two. <laughs> so it's yeah. like, oh god, this is even worse than that line rearranging thing. And then everybody else got to leave, and we got a little certificate that says I blank served on a jury today, yeah. which I guess proves to your employer that you're not just calling out or whatever. Anyway, so I don't have to deal with that again for at least a year and a half. I kind of wish that I had been selected because I. That, you know, given that this was a thing that she said the trial was probably going to take two days, it's like this is not an ideal time for me. Yeah. But it's like you got to be there from eleven to four, and it's like if I got to be there from eleven to four on Tuesday, Wednesday, and maybe Thursday, like I can swing that. Sure. You know, con prep. There's some shit to do, but like I could do it all at night if I had to, and I would be willing to if it meant that I got to sort of actually see what it was like to be on a jury. Um. 
But alas, I did not. I didn't really notice anything in common between the people. None of the people who were super religious, I think, got picked. It's weird how how readily apparent it is when somebody is super religious because they'll just like talk about it all the time. Yeah. Any uh, any chance? I remember that. Yeah. There was one old lady who was an administrative assistant for a single pastor church uh, who spoke so quietly that she had to be asked to repeat everything that she said three or four times and just would not would not do it any louder Hmm. that was weird well it does say in the bible that women shouldn't speak up in company i guess that's probably true i don't know man i never read that shit who else am i trying to piss off today yeah yeah so it was the second half when the, the once the actual process started it was just real real boring because it was just a bunch of like the same question being asked over and over and over again and a bunch of people like it is it is astonishing how yes or no questions are just never met with a yes or no response right and i don't know if it is because the questions are too complicated for a layman to understand that can't be right can it i mean if you say do you does your experience render you incapable of objectively assessing testimony people just would freeze and not answer so then it would be rephrased and it was all like i think so i will try which i mean i guess that's an answer do you do you think that you could without sympathy entering into it evaluate somebody's testimony i can try i will try i guess that's an answer to that I mean I would yeah, I, mean, it's, I would give the Yoda response do or do not yeah but I mean I, you know maybe the answer like because to me the answer is yes you know like yeah that sounds like a thing I can do so yes yes is my answer but I guess I don't know people feel like they're on the spot yeah I mean that's a pretty heavy question to ask and then say just say yes or no uh bleh. I suppose. Yeah. And I mean, I guess the reason that they're, I, the reason they're talking to you in the first place is because you have said that you didn't think so. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's the thing. Everybody who said that they didn't, that they were leaning, are you leaning one way or another already is a question that they asked. And a lot of people said yes. And then when they were asked for clarification, they said no. It's like, okay. I mean, I guess you want to weed out people like that. Right. You know, maybe just being quiet the entire time is the thing that almost everyone who was selected for the jury, they had talked to, actually, now that I think about it. Hmm. So maybe they wanted people with experience having been robbed or not having been robbed. They wanted people who did not understand the definition of robbery so that they could effectively manipulate them. The defense could manipulate them into believing that the plain, that the, that the defendant was not a robber. Right. Yeah, so that happened. That was what I did all day. It was really exhausting, and it wasn't even as fun as traffic school. Although I did, I did finish a book while I was there. Um, what book did you finish? That Daniel Handler book that I had been reading for a really long time, mm-hmm. uh, The Basic Eight. It was okay. Yeah, you know, it was about a high school murder. It was funny. It was written in a really self-conscious way. There were there was a lot of like the 
ending a sentence in a preposition and then rewriting the sentence without the preposition at the end hey. sarcastically you know which we do that shit or we did that sure. shit 10 years ago I think we've probably stopped doing it now yeah I think we made our point I don't know that I've made a conscious decision to stop doing it but when I find myself tempted to do it I think ah, that's a thing I already did so I don't want to make the same joke twice mm-hmm. um, you know it was good it was it was it was good but it wasn't uh I don't know that it makes me want to read the rest of his stuff. I read the first one of the series of unfortunate events books and yeah, I had the same reaction. Like it was all right, but I wasn't about to read them all. Yeah, I think they'll probably read them with Ollie when he's a little older. Those like just young adult series, I think that I need I need to really only go after the kind of cream of those. Like, I don't want to be the guy that reads a bunch of them. Sure. You know? But I'll read the good ones. I mean, his Dark Materials was fucking great. And it took you a long time to convince me of that. Which is funny, because I would say one of those books was good. Ah, yeah. One of those books was great, one of them was dull as shit, and half of the last one was pretty okay. Yeah, I think I agree with you, but uh, in different, with a different arrangement. We can both agree the first one was excellent. I thought the first one was pretty boring compared to the second oh. one. Well, I guess we can't agree on that then. Yeah. Fine. It took me a lot of tries to start reading it because I just found it not really compelling at all in the beginning. Hmm. You know, it's like I can I can think about it now and I can think, eh, you know, the world that they were describing in that book was, it is compelling to me now. But it took all of the context in order to do it. But the, I don't know, just the multiple worlds part of the second book is just what you know it's like I thought I kind of thought that the drawing of the three was a little boring the first time that I read it hmm. but it's it's kind of a toss up between whether that well, no it's not the Wastelands is just so much better than everything else huh. um, but drawing of the three is close at this point anyway then I started reading a book called You uh, which is a terrible name for a book because you just kind of can't search for it. Was that the Wally Lamb book? No, I don't think so. I don't okay. know. I don't know who wrote it. Um, but it's about, I think it's like about a murder or something. <laughs> Why am I reading all these books <laughs> about murder? Uh, let's see. Let me look and see who wrote this. Uh, Austin Grossman. Anyway, it's about a game development studio where something happens, either supernatural or crimey, or crimean. Oh, crimey. Yeah. Crimey. A river. That'd be a pretty good thing to label on a map. You name a river crimey, and then it just say crimey, comma, a river. Yeah, and then uh, in the middle of it, you could have Nomanisan mm-hmm. Island. Yes. Hey, good. Nice. I'm trying. Uh, and Harrison Ford. A tolls for thee. <laughs> um, is a Ford a geographical feature or is it more of a social feature? <laughs> right. I mean, it's a you know integrated. Yeah, it's I mean, like, like an a, integrated social media. A Ford is like a place where you do stuff, though, right? Like I, I mean, I guess it can. It is a place where people cross a river. Yeah, I don't think you would say like. 
a natural feature of this river is that peacher people cross it here unlike harrison fjord which is a natural feature right and i was gonna say as you started but harrison fjord is funnier mm-hmm. <clears throat> but you know towns are called whatever like you know there's royers ford in pennsylvania yeah um, I know that because there is a poster-sized map of Royer's Ford in Pennsylvania on the wall above my girlfriend's desk. Um, I don't think that it's a particularly well-known city. But I guess that must just be like... I mean, it's like a shallow place in the river, right? I mean, that seems like where you would... You would find a place that was an easy place to cross the river, and then so you know that a lot of traffic is going to be diverted there, so maybe that's where you open your hostelry. Right. I always sort of thought like a peacefulry would be a better thing to open but you know there were more barbarous times oh you could also open a barber do you think that ancient greeks greek barbers were all named barbarous i hope so except the female ones which were barbarella hey baby you want a barbarous and then the people whose job it was to cut your beards were barbarosas (laughs) did you ever see barbarossa I don't think so. Is that a like? It's it a pirate. No, thing? I don't think it's a pirate. It's Willie Nelson. I think it's a. I think it's maybe like a, like an old west story. Huh? About a guy with a pink beard. Yeah. Well, Willie Nelson. Huh. Willie Nelson had a pink beard. I, oh, maybe. Yeah. Do you think Barbosa was named after Barbarossa? But they made him a pirate, he- so they had to take out the R from his name and. <laughs> put it in his so that he could say it yeah yeah you can only say things that aren't in your name that's unfortunate that's why you keep asking girls if they want to see your Mm -hmm. yep um and you keep referring to that thing between the d-wing and the f-wing yeah Mm mm-hmm yeah Thanks for letting me twist it. No, I was trying to... Sorry, it took me a while to get it. I'm sorry. I was was trying to figure out how to make a joke about, like, mewing. But... Ah, that that famous basketball player, Patrick... (laughs) Who shot JR? JR who? You know, JR from Dallas. Um, Anyway. What are the male sheep going to do now? Oh, they're going... (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's what they call it. Ewing. Yeah, I would. Sure, why not? Although you know, it's like it's like wenching only in the sheep world. Sure, sheep's are kind of like Hawaiians though. They don't. They can't make as many. They? they can't make as many sounds as more civilized people can. <laughs> so, they, you know, they're ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> sheep are like Hawaiians. Ah, <laughs> yeah. uh, they go to heaven though. That's All true. Hawaiians go to heaven. That was a really touching movie. Was it on the I'm radio bad, show then, where I talked about my plan to start carrying around things for vandalizing signs? Uh, signs that say yeah, no that was, dogs. Yeah, okay. All right, just making sure. That was last week's show. Okay, good. I never remember my conversations. You know, my I, I have so many hilarious ideas, Mr. Skullhead, that, I, that I, I can't keep track of where I've expressed them. Yep, you should write down in your moleskine. Yeah, I should. Every time you make, like, Made funny on video game hot dog, and it was this. Hmm. I'd have to take a lot of breaks during podcasts to write down funny things I just said. Hey, hold on. That was hilarious. I need to write that down. In my moleskine. 
Is it Moleskine? I don't know. I don't... I may be saying that that way on purpose. As to be derogatory. I mean, it's a different word than Moleskine. I mean, Moleskine is a thing that you, you know, put around a blister. Yeah, and it ends with an E. So I always figured, sure. And that's not a thing. There's not, like, skin with an E at the end. I mean, unless you're talking about, oh, that bitch is skinny. You will say that. (laughs) There is no I in team, and there's no E in skin. Yeah. Uh, But you should get your skin in the game. Yeah. Well, you should get some skin in the game. You should play on the skins team if the other team is shirts. But not the red skins, because that's offensive. Yeah. Oh, fuck, man. There was a guy, one of the jurors was named Smallfire Hawk. That's great. Is that not the best fucking name? I don't I don't know if he was I don't know if he was selected or not. I might be I might be causing a mistrial by Although they didn't say anything about like we weren't allowed to talk to anyone about it while the selection process was going on, but they said like you can talk about this after it's done. So I mean I don't know how they would stop you or no. Right. You did. It's like we will be monitoring all communication you make with anyone for the next week. Or rather, we have been monitoring all communication everyone makes with everyone, but we'll be paying a special attention to you. Right. I'm not, I'm glad that this actually happened because I uh I had gotten two summons that showed up and expired or like, you know, became too late. They arrived and I missed them before I became aware of them because they came right. in while I was out of town. So you know, I didn't really have to change my plans in order to deal with this. I was pissed last <laughs> night, though. When I called, and it was like, yeah, you actually have to fucking show up. Like, oh, God damn it. Which is weird, because you were looking forward to it slightly. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, no, yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's the thing. Like, I've always said that I wanted to do it, but then when I was faced with the possibility of doing it the week of con, it was like, ah, oh, no, no. Yeah. It's like whenever it's like, okay, so this is a thing that you've always wanted to do, and now, against your will, it is replacing the plans that you had for tomorrow. Like, I don't know if you know this about me, but I'm a guy who doesn't like it when stuff doesn't go my way. Maybe that's true of everybody, but I don't like it when I don't like it when shit changes and suddenly I have to switch gears. You know? Yeah, and it, like the plan changing, even if it is to my advantage. Yep. Gets me uh, gets me annoyed because it's like I already until I recalibrate. Sure, I already did the work of getting like I've internalized this right, so that's no longer a thing that I have to worry about. Right, I know what tomorrow is going to be like because I've either decided or I have learned what tomorrow is going to be like. And then when that suddenly changes, it's like ah, well, fuck. What else don't I know? Anyway, and I get I get angry, and it sucks. I get angry when, when yeah, fucking okay. unforeseen circumstances change my plans in irrelevant ways. What is the matter with me? What is the matter with me? Where do I get You're off? You're crotchety. Where do you get off these days? Basically anywhere. Mostly basically in, anywhere. in front of your computer. Yeah. <laughs> ah. Although it's a laptop, so, you know, it goes places. Sure, yeah. In your lap. My laptop can't go on my lap anymore. It gets too hot. Your lap gets too it has, hot? It has to be on a special, like, laptop cooling tray to run. I don't know. I don't know why that has to be. That Like, every laptop I've ever had, it just seems like, at some point, the fan just quits. Just gives up. Yeah. Maybe I'll, I'll take it to a place, and I'll tell them, 
to make it stop doing that. I mean, computers generally, like, a laptop you can't <clears throat> open up and blow out, so it just it gets dusty and the cooling doesn't work as well. Hmm. You know, it gets filled with cat hair and shit, so it's like, it, they will run hotter over time just as a result of entropy. Right. Um, but yeah. You know, and also, I mean, over the course of a year, software gets more taxing, so... You know, especially like TurboTax. Used to be able yeah. to run Tur- oh. used to be able to run TurboTax on a two eighty six. I think now you run TurboTax on the web. I don't even know if they sell- do they sell boxed copies of TurboTax anymore. Uh, I run TurboTax on my mother in law. <laughs> she does our taxes yeah. every year. Yeah, I run TurboTax on our accountant. Yeah, um, my my taxes have been since the formation of Asymmetric. My taxes have not been inconceivably complex, but complex to a degree that just makes it so I'm no longer interested in them. So it's time for that to be somebody else's job. I mean, you could you could do them yourself, but end up paying a whole lot more money than you should. Yeah, absolutely. You know, th- there are people whose job it is to know how much tax you're supposed to be taking and are paying and what programs you can avail yourself of and, and whatever. And I mean, that was the thing. TurboTax always paid for itself because you know, like when I was in school, but still earning enough money that I had to pay taxes, like it was like, yeah, you get all kinds of taxes you don't have to pay because you're in school. It's like, oh, fuck, I didn't know yeah. that. You know, I never would have bothered to like look up those programs. And it's just like, yeah, fill out these three questions and we'll tell you what crazy shit you're entitled to. Entitled, damn it. Yeah. I was fully prepared to give that money to the system that could then, you know, use it to feed the poor and. Yeah, you know, I don't know. Pave our schools <laughs> and <laughs> build build roads of democracy into the skulls of foreign nationals. Set sail on bridges, one concrete bullet at a time. Ooh. <sighs> Did we get into any more wars while I was in jury duty? I think no. I think that's not going to happen. Is is bombing Syria not going to happen? It seems like it's not going to happen. Yeah, I don't know enough about it to know if it should. I don't know enough about my opinions about politics anymore to know whether I believe that there has ever been a justified American intervention in a foreign conflict. I'll give him World War Two. Yeah, and that's kind of the last one that you. That's just kind of a no-brainer. Yep. Wow. Yeah, the Syria thing is. Duh. I kind of feel like if we hadn't gone to war in Iraq and Afghanistan, we would have said, sure, this guy is a total asshole, and there's probably somebody that we would like better in that position, and maybe this is a point at which we should intervene, but now it's just kind of everybody's got war fatigue. As well they might. War fatigue. They're cops. Yeah, they are. He's he's a hard-boiled Klingon. She's my third-grade teacher who's <laughs> Pentecost. Cheryl Teague? <clears throat> no, Mrs. Yeah. Mrs. Teague. Ah. To you. Because you're nasty. Yeah. Hmm. I wonder what having a Pentecost for a third-grade teacher did to me. Did it, like, come up in the classroom? Uh, I don't know. Maybe. 
My fifth grade teacher, I once looked at the clock and I said, I wish it was 40 minutes from now because it was 40 minutes until recess. And she said, Zach, that's just 40 minutes closer to your death. And that just fucked me up for the entire rest of my life. I'm like, wow. <laughs> third grade? Fuck, that was fifth grade. Uh, fifth grade? Well, third grade would have been bad. <laughs> yeah. Fifth grade, you should probably have not taken that like a bitch. Sure. <laughs> Damn. I'll just, I'll just be... I'll just be curled up in this corner for the rest of my life. Thanks. Uh, I wonder if she's still alive. Women live for fucking ever. She might be. I'll do. Anyway. Um, anything else exciting other than your Thursday performance? Uh, do anything on the weekend? On the weekend. That's what I was trying to think. Just play a bunch of Sky, not Skylanders. We, uh, Disney, Disney Infinity? Infinity. Yeah. yeah, I've been doing some of that. The uh, Yeah, this weekend wasn't a big like, go out and do stuff weekend because con's coming up and grandma's going to take Ollie for five days. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like our, our usual go-to move on a weekend is, hey, don't you want your grandson who you moved up here to see to just come and hang out with you for a day so we can do shit and everybody's sick i'm the only one in our house who isn't sick which is just the shittiest position to be in Mm -hmm. like if i were sick i could feel like i would be getting better soon like my wife is getting over the thing but uh just waiting to see if you're gonna get sick and knowing you probably are jesus and waiting to see if you're gonna get sick and then bring it out here yeah man now i'm especially not going to any of your naked fat people parties i thought we were gonna have like hug time though oh okay if you insist but i'm wearing a mask yeah. this is gonna be a nixon it's that gonna be a nixon wouldn't have it any a other nixon way mask um, the yeah. inside of which is smeared with a nutrient-rich gel to actually promote bacterial and viral growth mm. um, yeah friday something happened i went to a you had to get down there was a, no saturday saturday there was a there was a birthday party at uh at our friend, uh, philosophy teacher, house, um, and uh, hung out with a bunch of his colleagues from the community college. That was okay, uh, but I, I nice. had too many drinks. So then Sunday I was all hungover, and we went climbing, and it was awful. <laughs> it was just like sweating, puke the entire time. I was exerting myself, just mouthful of bile per hour. Uh, and then we went, uh, it was another friend's birthday, and so we went out for pizza. So that right. was pretty good. That was my weekend. And we were going to watch the new episode of Breaking Bad, but it turns out that the iTunes doesn't get the new episodes of Breaking Bad until a few hours after they air. Uh, so it was like three in the morning when it finally became available, at which point mm. we were asleep. It kind of sucked. I don't know if I don't know if you get this. I don't know if other people get this. If I, like... I got up at 6.45 this morning, which is not super unusual for lately, but knowing that I had to get up at 6.45 made it so I just couldn't really sleep. You know, I was just sort of fitful. Every time I woke up, I'm like, oh, fuck, is the time I late? And, and so I just never really got, never really got into the groove of being asleep for more than a couple hours at a time. Sure. And that kind of sucked. Do you get that? Yeah, occasionally. 
it's so rare that I have to get up early for something. You know, and it's usually because I think I think it is a real funny trick to play on my six months from now self to always schedule my dentist appointments as early as possible. Yeah, what is that about? I don't know. I mean, I'm always like, you know, by by the time six months from now, I better have my shit together and be getting up at five in the morning, (laughs) slopping the hogs before it's time to, you know, go play some golf and then go to work. Um, Yeah, I don't know. And then it just becomes this kind of stressful thing because it's like, nah, this is about when I'm getting up, but like not reliably enough. You know, there's still the occasional day when I pop open my eyes and it's like nine. So, what are you going to do? You're going to set a fucking alarm, is what you're going to do. And then you're going to be all worried whether your alarm is going to go off or not. Because it's like, what if the battery in my phone dies? And then you do crazy things that uh, I used to do when I had to set alarms. That Where you set the alarm for 6 because you have to get up at 7. Just so you can so wake up at 6 and be relieved that you don't have to be awake yet and go back to sleep. Yeah, forgetting to hit the snooze button and in fact turning the alarm off and then, you know. Oh, that was great. Well, no, that didn't happen. I just always thought it was funny that that was what my psyche seemed to need. Yeah. It's like, this will be fun. Wake me up to remind me that I don't have to be awake, and I'll be grateful. I did usually set an alarm. Like, when I had real jobs, I would set an alarm for about an hour before I actually had to get up, because I enjoy, or at the time, at least, I enjoyed just hitting snooze every nine minutes for an hour. And other people thought I was crazy. Or at least disagreed and did not understand what the appeal was relative to just sleeping another hour. And I'm like, yeah, but this is an hour that you get to sleep, but you're mostly aware of it. You know, and that's like, seems really satisfying. You know, rather than every day having exactly one experience where you're like, I'm awake, fuck, gotta go to work. You have nine experiences where it's like, I'm awake, oh, I don't have to go to work yet, awesome. And then you go back to sleep. And then maybe you have a cool dream where you're a dinosaur. Yeah. You're like, hey, I'm in charge of this dream, so I can make it so I'm a sexy dinosaur. Yeah. I don't know that I've ever actually uh, been in charge of a dream like that. I mean, I've never had a dream that I remembered about... I was trying to just imagine what I would do if I could do anything, and I just couldn't fucking think of anything. (laughs) I used to have a couple of... I used to have both good dreams that I was in control of and bad dreams that I wasn't aware were dreams. So, and it would continue to wake and think that I was awake. So I had both of them. I haven't had a lucid dream in a long time, but just recently had another one of the nightmares where you just have no idea that it's a nightmare and you wake up and it's still going and you wake up in your bed again and it's still going. Mm, I don't know that I've ever had one of those. That sounds awful. Yeah, it's some bullshit. Like, waking up in your bed, hearing, like, a scary voice or something, running to the light switch and turning it on and it doesn't work. You run through your whole house turning light switches on and none of them work and it's dark and you hear the voice and then you wake up in your bed and you hear the voice again. And you run and turn on all the lights and they don't work until finally you wake up and you don't hear the voice and you turn the lights on and they fucking work. Mm. Yep. Hey, speaking of which, Chamao writes in the beginning of this questions thread, have either of you ever had a dream that inspired content in KOL? I don't... No, but I... Go, go. Uh, no, but I have had lots of dreams about KOL. Like, one of them was we... 
Jess and I went to a play and they did live action trailers before the play and it was a giant puppet saber-toothed lime rotating in a spotlight and it was Kingdom of Loathing the musical coming to theaters this blah 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 and I was so mad that you had done that without consulting me because obviously that was like what I was born to write and then like going into the fellowship hall at my church that I went to you know 20 years ago and seeing people playing KOL on a screen only it's like Grand Theft Auto 4 looking KOL and just being impressed at how advanced the game's gotten hmm. so I haven't ever dreamed something that made it into KOL but I've dreamed many KOLs I don't think I've ever actually had a dream about KOL that I can remember hmm. at least I mean I must have I'm you know I must like I must have had dreams in which no this is a thing I do right because I don't feel like I've just I haven't had a dream in which I was myself for the last 11 years because I must have um Sure. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm trying to imagine. I'm trying to, to to think of any like particular imagery. There is like, there is like some stuff that didn't ever make it into word realms that kind of came out of dreams that I have had. One thing in particular that I can think of, but I, yeah, I just I don't know. I, it's not. Um, never really. It was interesting. What my grandpa asked me. I mean, I think it, I think basically the gist of his question was like, "How do you know what to do when it's time for you to work?" Right? Uh, because I think it's it's hard for him to imagine a a vocation that is not just very clearly task driven. You know, like his job is to well, if you know, if the soybeans haven't been planted yet what you do today is plant the soybeans and if the soybeans have been planted and sprouted sprouted the thing that you do today is to harvest them and otherwise it's maybe fix that lawnmower that's broken or whatever but he was like you just it's like you just sit down every day and just dream it up and i said yeah, hmm. yeah pretty much that's uh, that's a saying just describing that as dream it up like if dreams to people who are not accustomed to just always being in a sort of fantastical creative mode of thought are the closest analogy that they can imagine. I don't know. I uh the the sound quality on this Skype call has gone into the toilet, so I hope that I haven't lost you. No, you haven't lost me. I'm with okay. you. I'm with you always. You're with me in the bottom of this well that we're somehow both yeah. in and we still can't hear each other. That's like one of those. When it's like only, one of those wells at a science museum where <laughs> two people get in a well and they can hear each other totally clearly, but nobody up above can hear them to rescue them. <laughs> That's the worst science museum. But eventually, the well fills up. Oh, good. Yeah. So then, yeah, because they're demonstrating something. They're demonstrating that yeah, fable about the crow that drops the rocks into the pitcher. You just want to be the last couple of people to fall in, so that you only drop like three feet. Mm -hmm. Uh, Gargabunk says, how many bricks are in the kingdom? Like, actual chuckable bricks, not how many were used to build things. They've been around since 2006 and can't be sunk. Uh, the, I guess they're talking about the ones that you throw through people's windows with a note on them. Where right. do those even come from? They come from one of the, one of the grimoires. grimoires. Yeah. yeah, I don't know, man. He, he said confidently. I could check if I were... Um, well, here. 
maybe, maybe, maybe I will try. Maybe I will try. Um, it is weird that we would have made a thing that just never goes away. They just get tossed from person to person. Uh, apparently, I mean, I guess that makes sense. That was probably yeah, That was probably based some on annoyance and someone hilarious objects. Ah, hilarious objects thing. Okay, so let's see. What is this brick? Do you also get it on a trick or treat adventure? No, though? do you? So they are still. That's your like I got a rock thing. It's the yeah, it's a terrifying clown suit. Adventure. Oh, let's see. Uh, let's see if I'm gonna select count star from that. Uh, I hope that this is a table that supports aggregate queries. Uh, uh, looks like only about twenty-two thousand, unless I'm doing something wrong. So, twenty-two thousand apparently. Uh, Stinkoman87 says, Have you ever thought about making Empty Agua de Vida bottles tradable? There are players with more than they know what to do with, and here I am not eating the coffee pixie sticks I'm personally generating to get the rewards from that content. Um, yeah, it's a thing that piles up, right? Yeah. I don't remember enough about how that works to know why it is the way that it is, to remember why it is the way that it is. Because you... The Agua de Vida is the spleen item, right? And then you use the empty one to get in it. Because that was, that was the first time that we decided that the content familiar was going to be a content familiar and that we were just going to divorce it from like the content was not going to be a thing that you had to play through to get the spleen item right because that started out as like the not a pipe or whatever the thing was that there's probably something in the badger uh i thought it was the bang pipe that was the first one uh, maybe it was but we didn't want to we didn't want to have to like design the content in a way that it was turn count equivalent or close to turn count equivalent to the wormwood stuff um, and so we're like well let's just divorce the spleen item stuff from the content and now they're two entirely different familiars so that's even even more divorced but um so yeah it's like you use the spleen item and then it has a leftover thing that you can go into to do the content but i guess yeah you get the spleen items every day and maybe you can only do the content once a, an ascension so they would just pile up I mean, the non-empty ones are tradable, so that content is tradable to people that don't know that familiar, so that's that's fine. Odeem says, one, what is your biggest regret in the kingdom? To clarify, thing you wish you would thing you wish had never been released, or thing you said you wished thing you said that you wished you hadn't. You know, I read this earlier, and I was trying to think. I mean, I regret dropping the database on White Wednesday. Sure. But that's a pretty good story at this point, right? I don't know that I would that I would retcon that out given the option. Um, sure. Because it it you know, it it made it so we had to do a thing that people ended up being really happy about. I mean, maybe it lost us some players, but um I regret the way that I approached NS13 in my head. I wish that I wish that I had gone about that better. Um, but again, I don't regret the lessons learned. Rather, I don't regret knowing the things that I learned. Um, sure. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I don't know. It's hard to say. 
I regret ending up with the situation where the V mask uh, was so optimal and such a pain in the ass to be optimal with. Because mm-hmm. um, that's one that we can't just do away with because it's Mr. Store content. I don't know about saying that. I mean, again, like every everything that I could probably go back five or ten years and listen to radio shows and just wince at saying was part of the process of me figuring out who I am now as everything I say now is the process of figuring out who I'm going to be tomorrow. You know, so I don't, I don't know. I don't spend a lot of time regretting things. Yeah, I mean, regrets, I've had a few. But then again, too few to mention. I mean, one of them is that I keep reciting song lyrics all the time. Sure. That's not really a, that's but, not really a regret as like a source of annoyance, right? I mean, <laughs> right. Well, like it, I'm sorry that I annoy people. Okay. I'm not really I don't annoy myself. You regret all the times you've ever done it and you dread all the times you will do it in the future. <laughs> sure. I beg forgiveness for the sins I am about to commit. Is dread like pre-regret? Or is he the law? Hey, <laughs> it's like oily hair. Do you have a do you have a, a serious answer to that question? I don't. I don't. I really don't. Like I, I kind of regret slightly my forum personality back in the day, where I would get super mad at people and kind of address my ire at someone in particular when I was talking about the aggregate of everything that had been said in the thread. Yeah. So, uh, you know, like, I am glad that I now have a thicker skin that and, like, a mellower disposition, but uh, I regret stomping on some people back in the day. Sure. But again, I mean, that's, you know, that that stuff had to happen for it to stop happening, you know? I mean, it's like right. you have to start beating your wife at some point for you to have been able to have stopped beating your wife at some point in the future. Yeah, I mean, I you know, I I, I guess there there are mean things that I've said to people that I regret saying. Hmm. But but honestly, not I don't know. I mean, you know, like your your crimbo rant, whatever. I mean, things like. Good things came out of the, out of that anger, the like the desire to show these fuckers, what's what made that crimbo better. Yeah, and that rant getting reposted everywhere, got us some players. Yeah, so you know, wasn't all bad. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, ev- you know, everything is. Uh don't waste time regretting. I regret that I spent a lot of time regretting yeah, things. Everything, everything, uh, everything just leads to the next thing. You know, everything that's ever happened has led up to right now, and everything that's happening now just leads to the next thing. And it's you know, you you, you never you never are anything. You're always just becoming something. And so catch that magic moment and do it right here and now. It means everything. Is that uh, is that Jesus Jones? No, that's the uh, Van Halen right now. Oh wow, yeah. I had, I think I had successfully forgotten about that song. I remember you disliking that song a lot. It was so I feel like back in that the was the first thing that. It's not that I think it's a bad song. It's that it was so overplayed, and there. It was a song, 
at the very least, like November Rain was super overplayed, but it has a really good guitar solo in it. Right. So there's at least and a really good everything. There's else. at least something that. Well, to, I, I don't. I I, I, right, I mostly I like you. the guitar solo, right? But there's something to it. Even I would do anything for love. Like it is that song is kind of just the hook over and over again for 45 fucking minutes but at least it has a hook right now is so boring it is such a boring song there's really not a yeah the verses and the chorus are really similar the whole thing I don't think it would have been anything if it hadn't been for the video that people thought was really compelling I don't know that little piano riff is neat. Yeah. But they like at the intro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but, that, but I mean, then it's almost like that. It's it's like that either Natalie Imbruglia or Nelly Furtado song. I can't tell. Is it a song that's like a bird or is it a song that is torn? I don't. Okay. So I think maybe torn is just a song that I don't know. It is it is a song that is one of those two women. Uh, and I, it, it starts out it starts out sounding like it's going to be like a really good like maybe uh I, you know, like a Fat Boy Slim song or something, but then hmm. it suddenly switches to, I believe that it's st- the first line is "You're beautiful, that's for sure." Oh yeah, that is uh, torn. Uh, not torn. That that's the okay. other one. But that that starts I'm out, like a bird. that starts out with a sort of like orchestral electronica thing that sounds really cool, and then none of the rest of the song is like that at all. It's just like it's just like oh, we just have this cool intro, and that's kind of like yes, you're right. The piano. The piano part at the beginning of right now is okay. Mm-hmm. But it's like mostly the reason that that riff makes me happy is because it plays again when the song is over. And yeah. so you're finally like, oh, good, done, done. Uh, number two, says Odim, what is the thing you're most satisfied with? <clears throat> I probably Dreadsylvania at right now if I had to pick something. That I'm like the happiest with of anything in the game. I, although, unless satisfying. unless it's just like what I'm satisfied with is that I've been able to like employ some of my friends for a decade and do what I love for a living and make a bunch of people happy. <laughs> you know. Oh well, yeah, like being satisfied with the whole game as it is and as it works is a reasonable response. But I'm I'm pretty sure not what he's looking yeah. for. But it is like anytime you ask what the best or the most favoritest thing that we have is, like, ah, uh, no. I am a, I am a fan of the KOL High School stuff. Yeah. Because that was something that, I mean, it, all of the gameplay relevance is stuff that Jake and Hot Stuff did because that is what they're incredibly good at. But the conception of what that was going to be and the writing of it and the central hook of it was was stuff that I came up with and I love that people love it. Yeah, no, it's awesome. Like, I and I think that generally when you ask us what thing we're the happiest with, it's always going to be whatever we worked on fairly recently because I still really do feel like we keep getting better at this. Right, I mean, I don't yeah, think it's... as any writer does, like if you go back two years you're so far removed from the person who wrote that that it it's never going to be as satisfying as something that that is directly from who you are now or who you're currently becoming i mean it's and it's weird right there is that i forget was it i mean maybe like 
data vortex linked to a comic or something that was just like the sort of stages of working on a creative project where it's like, oh, I have this awesome idea. This is great. This is great. This guy, this sucks. This fucking, this is terrible. This is really hard. Everyone is going to hate this. This is awful. And then, mm-hmm. and then it finally comes back. I didn't really, I didn't really feel that way about Dreadsylvania. Like it, I, there was definitely a part where it was hard, but there was never a point where I thought it wasn't any good. Um, I think maybe the stuff that we do is on too short of a cycle for that to really happen. You know, because right. it, it just the, 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 the fidelity, the, the sort of actual asset density of the stuff that we're working on is, is low enough that we can create an entire encapsulated experience in, you know, a single digit number of sometimes days, but more often weeks and occasionally months. Um, and it, you never really get a chance to burn out. They're just constantly fading away. Fellow knee says, removing teleportitis is a pain in the neck if you get it before reaching the airship for soft greens. Any chance of putting in a method to remove it before then? I know the magazine dungeon kit comes with a soft green, but occasionally I get teleported t- twice and have to waste 10 turns. Hey, you could think of it not as wasting 10 turns, but as having an opportunity to spend 10 turns in some of the amazing, funny places in the kingdom that you might not get to see otherwise. Right. No. Uh, let's see. Cannonfire40 says, Do you have any figures on the average number of ascensions started or completed each day? Oh, I mean, we could have uh, if we looked for it. Uh, he says, was, it, was it a conscious decision not to add a trophy for collecting all of the Jung swords? It seems like such an obvious trophy, and it would encourage people to play the Jung man content, so I'm pretty curious. If it wasn't, could it be made a trophy? Please. I'm going to decline to comment on that for the time being. Could we finally mm. get the ability to dual-wield chef staves? At this point, it really wouldn't be all that powerful, given that you can just put a stick knife of loathing in your offhand for 200% spell damage anyway. And even at low mist, you're doing 200 damage for one MP song of sauce-fueled shurikens anyway. Man, that, is, that shit is broken as fuck. And looking at it, I understand how, and I can't wait to revamp spells and piss everyone off by making that shit yeah. not work anymore. Um, also, it's not one MP, really. It's one MP plus 10 MP per turn. Uh, to keep the buff up, so you got to think about that, buddy. Um, and in terms of jiggle conflict, you could make only the main hand give jiggle access, but it would be super nice. Yeah, but it's not. I mean, this is not a good reason not to do something, but it is a sufficient reason for me. There are not wiz- like what a wizard has a cool staff and a spatula. He doesn't have two cool staffs, like. Well, like the the Darth Maul wizards do. But he doesn't have two staff. He just has one really long, weird staff. Yeah, but it breaks into two different Does ones. Does it? Somebody cut yeah. it. That wasn't like a feature of that lightsaber. Yeah, it comes apart in the middle. It comes apart in the middle when you cut it with a lightsaber. No, it comes apart in the middle and then has two sweet lightsabers. Then he puts them together into a big bow staff. Hmm. And then he puts it behind his back like you do with a bow staff and he cuts his own self. Oh, out. okay. Donatello didn't have two I mean, staffs, and he was cool. I don't want to, I don't want to take anybody back to the Phantom Menace. Sure. Darth Maul didn't get a chance to. He was somebody who was not always in the process of becoming. No, he kind of went out like a bit. He was always in the process of listening to the becoming, uh, one of the best songs on Nine Inch Nails, a seminal nineteen ninety four classic, "The Downward mm. Spiral." Oh, you want to know something weird? Hmm. I heard. I have now heard like three Nine Inch Nail songs with vocals that I really? like. Really? Yeah, they're all off the huh. new one. 
And uh, yeah, it's been the CD of the week on our local awesome public radio station that plays indie shit. And when they said, we're going to be playing Hesitation Marks from Nine Inch Nails as our CD for the week, I went, uh, and he fucking calls it Hesitation Marks, Jesus Christ. But after hearing a couple of the tracks, like, it's good. Something has changed about the way that he writes that has made it so I enjoy listening to it. And I know it's not just that I have changed because I still hate all the rest of the Nine Inch Nails I've ever heard and hear now. Yeah, I mean... But the new stuff, pretty I decent. do wish that... It's, it's, it's hard, though. Like, I don't think that... I still feel like the Downward Spiral is an awesome album. And I think that it is probably a thing that at least, you know, once every couple of years... I will listen to it in its entirety and it will take me back to, to, to when I was listening to it all the time and I will really just enjoy it as a composition. And I used to think, I used to say it would be really great to just have versions of those songs with no vocals, but the uh. vocals are important. What I really want is versions of those songs with less stupid lyrics, but had like a, a whole. lot of the time well i mean that early that like pretty hate machine i never got super super into pretty hate machine and sure. right i mean because that, that was just more of a like that like i feel like that was his learning how to make an album album and then and then you know the downward spiral was his pet sounds his uh fizzy fuzzy big and buzzy i don't know right. his white album right um where it was album as composition and just really well done and the thing is like a lot of the lyrics just as as the shapes of sounds like you know in just sort of like early REM style where it is just more about the way that the sounds that make up the words sound it it's it's a part of it it adds to it you know and you just yeah. don't and that like soul coughing lyric as instrument yeah way. i understand yeah what you're and it's saying. like you know the fact that i listen to the fact that i listen to them in this sort of like you know fucking college freshman nihilism whatever bullshit like where i was like yeah man i wish i could just become a machine um and and just memorizing all of the lyrics now they are just sounds right like I can experience them just as sounds and not really think about them because they're like, it's not like, oh, this is that poem and that music. It's like, oh, this is right. this is that music and the things that he is saying while the music goes that, that become part of the music. And so it's like not, you know, it's easier for me to dismiss. It's easy for me to ignore the stupid parts of it. Because <sighs> it is pretty stupid. I mean, it's just, you know, it's just like, it's it's dumb, but it's no dumber than like, video games right <laughs> I mean it's just it's just this like everything is grim and everything is shit and everything is a monster that is just fucking all made out of teeth and gonna eat your soul like eh, whatever <laughs> like you let me penetrate you you let me desecrate you you let me violate you I, you know that I get it that dude. is honestly you have a rhyming dictionary the, on, that is on, that is honestly <laughs> like that song is pretty good even I, I even with so. the lyrics, really? Yeah, oh, man, I. It's so dumb. Like, help me, I broke apart my inside. Like, oh, just just fuck her. Just shut up. 
and fuck the girl and don't but worry about he did. He did. Your your broken little he soul. Did, and that's how. That's the point. I've man. got no he soul did, to like, sell. Chicks love brooding, <sighs> and that that was like a that was like. That's, you got laid way more than I did, but I, <laughs> for for the purposes of of music that I enjoy, sure. I I go back to our uh, our classic debate because. When you were listening to Downward Spiral, I was listening to Billy Joel's The River of Dreams. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I uh, want to fuck you like an animal is is no Uncle Wunkin in a, in a Midawada. Right. You're right. And I was also listening to I Would Do Anything for Love, but I won't do that. See, I could have probably had sex with a lot of theater girls yeah. if I hadn't been so uptight about it. But, uh, you know, the, the Nine Inch Nails in, in your STPs and your Pearl Jams would have gotten you laid with just about anybody. I expect that the Tori Amos got me laid more than the Nine Inch Nails, which, eh. (laughs) But, I mean, you are a guy who has a, you have a genuine appreciation for her music, which is kind of, I I can understand a woman seeing that as kind of cool. Sure, yeah. Like, you weren't just into it to get laid, therefore you got laid. Yeah, well, right. I mean, that's just how it works with anything. Uh, Aramata says, I'm very much looking forward to the class revamps. Are you thinking about rolling each one as you finish it or going to wait and release all six at once? I have to do them as I finish them because otherwise it'll just sit for another year with nothing happening. Uh, Inaudible Yelling Mm -hmm. says, do you guys get stressed a lot? Yes. I would say that I'm a person who gets stressed a lot. Mm -hmm. You seem to be doing better after your move. Um, Really? Like as far as general stress levels, just, it seems like when you're in San Francisco, you're you're more mellow. Yeah, I like um, I like looking at a city, looking looking at a city mm. calms me down. Um, although I don't know, you know, I was when I when I was in New York, that was super super stressful. Although New York is like that. Yeah, though. and I mean that was also sort of while I was in the middle of like deciding that it was time to get a divorce. So that was, that's, you know, that's not a good time for anybody. Uh, follow up. How do you unwind after a long day? Drugs. Booze. Just booze. Play some video games. Try to watch some television shows or something. I don't know. I just got a, uh, a DVR for the first time in oh, a yeah. while. Because um, the season premiere of How I Met Your Mother is coming up. And... The season premiere of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which is the the show in the Avenger universe that Joss Whedon's writing, is coming mm-hmm. up. So, grab that. So, we've been watching a lot of What Not to Wear to unwind. Is How I Met Your Mother good? It's lovely. It's so good. I mean, it's like... It's basically Friends, but... With, you know, Jason Siegel is a super funny guy. Neil Patrick Harris is a super funny guy. Um, what, women can't be funny? Women, well, Allison Hannigan is super funny. And uh, whatever her name is, Robin Scherbatsky is also absolutely hilarious. So it's, a, it's the writing's really sharp and it's, yeah, it's great. I am. Um, I've gone through the whole run a couple of it's times. Got, it's like, it's got a laugh track though, right? Yeah, I don't. That was one of the reasons that somebody else I knew wasn't watching it, but it it's never been that intrusive to me. Huh. I mean, I don't it's not that it's not that the laugh track is damaging to me. It is that it represents just a 50% reduction in content. 
hmm. right? And and it's like it means that you have to write things for the laugh track, which means that you write things that are like, all right, well, these are just a series of jokes. I mean, I don't I don't want to have this like arrested development conversation, but huh. like I the the density and subtlety of arrested development is such that it in my very direct experience stands up to repeated watchings in a way that it's hard for mm-hmm. me to imagine like even though I like friends it's hard for me to imagine ever watching an episode of friends that I've already seen see how I met your mother I think hits a middle ground because there is a lot of there are a lot of callbacks and uh, like mythology building like they regularly go back to when the characters were in college and then sometimes to, into high school even so that the mythology piles up and it's fun to watch it again and see how it all like it actually all does fit together <laughs> but and I, I totally want to see arrested development like you don't have to tell me yeah no 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 i mean i just I like about I, the arrested development i just i i'm not saying that that is tiresome in this particular context of me talking to you but i i, I mean i feel like that does get kind of tiresome in the broader social right. context and i don't want to i just you know i don't want to become part of that tide one direction or another i had man at a wi- I had a thing that I realized, like, huh, that wasn't awkward, and that's awesome. Um, we were, when I was at that party, uh, the philosophy teacher party, I had a conversation, and it wasn't even, like, a really long or serious conversation. It was just, like, something came up, and there was, across this table, a brief back and forth between me and Hot Stuff, and one of one of our friends colleagues who's like I don't I don't I think she's a psychology professor maybe uh said something about how we reminded her of these two characters from the big bang theory like this sounds like a conversation between there's like these two characters in the in the big bang theory and then I I said to her she was a, and she was a black woman I was like yeah you know I've heard the Big Bang Theory described as nerd blackface, and I totally agree with that assessment. And then we just like talked about that for a while, and then I was like, "Well, oh. that's a weird conversation to have with a black person, potentially." But it just totally wasn't. So hmm. that was cool. Anyway, that reminded me that of was that because nice. I mean, she was very much like a normal person, right? Like they are, <laughs> uh, hey. and um, articulate. <clears throat> she, but but I mean it. it it was like talking to any 50-year-old woman, right? So it's like, yeah. okay, her primary experience of, if you had to pigeonhole me into a particular culture, her primary experience of that culture is that fucking television show. Right. Like all 50-year-old women's. And, uh, <laughs> hey, yeah, I don't know. Uh, Hamfish says... I really love the zones accessible from the temporary antique thing sold at Uncle P's during 2010. You guys have clearly been hard at work with various additions and revamps recently, but are there any plans to release new antique items in the future? That... That was fun, and people liked it, but it's not... It's not... super compatible with the way that we work, I guess. Is the Mm. thing, right? Like, those, those became a burdensome obligation way faster than most things do for us and and it was like we trying to artificially limit the scope of something by fiat is just it's not gonna work and so it's like I'd almost rather not do them than have to force them out Um, yeah 
know, we've been getting plenty of stuff. Uh, Zavagurus says, can we get more frequent class slash avatar paths? The other paths are fun, but don't have quite the same replay value. Yeah, I mean, the avatar paths have enough replay value for you to keep playing them again if you run out of run out of steam on the new one. Um, Hamfish doesn't add another dumb question. Hey, there's no such thing as a dumb question, dummy. Uh, any chance you could make a vampire food slash familiar? I'm constantly misspelling vampire and giggling at my own stupid mistake. That's pretty funny. If, um... What, do we have a vampirogi? Is that a thing that we ended up doing, or was that one of the ones that didn't make it? I think it was. Not a monster, but a food? No, maybe? it was one of the, um, Postamancer summons. Oh, yes, yes. Uh, and we have the, the clampire for some reason. <laughs> Uh, Linguini Lad says, Hey, Jick, could you please mention this on your next radio show? As I'm typing, there's only seven days left for Whiskey Jack's Kickstarter. I guess he's, uh, kickstarting that Pong Tactics. The, um, is it called Pong Tactics or is it Beer Pong Tactics? What is it? It's just Pong Tactics. I think it's yeah. just Pong. Um, his, uh, his, uh, little Beer Pong metagame thing. I don't know that I've, did he prototype that at anything that we were at? Uh, I don't think so. I think he did it at the last Columbus, the May one that neither of us were on. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bob the Joker, I don't, we're running out of we're running out of time, and this is a long ass post. It's basically like, don't worry about seeing dudes' dicks at Burning Man. What you do see is a ton of boobs. OMG, so many boobs. You know, I also hate that. You're a strange man. You like boobs. I do like boobs, um, but I like boobs in a in a context in which I can conclude beyond a shadow of a doubt that it is okay for me to be looking at and or touching and or ejaculating on those boobs and Burning Man I think I guess it's okay to look at them but then even then I would feel weird you would know you would know like somebody would tell you the rules I don't know that there are going to be the rules though right because it's like 70,000 people and each of them is going to have different rules I read this account of a guy who took his like 60 year old dad to Burning Man and he was like he just kept asking topless women if he could take pictures of them which was embarrassing except for the fact that every single one of them was totally okay with it and his dad was like if you get tattoos on your tits you want people to look at your tits like what what, how is that a hard thing to understand like of course they're okay like what anyway so that was weird yeah I don't know I feel like I yes nudity is a thing to share with your loved ones you know that's what I think I, but I love I love everyone she talks and Bob the Joker talks about all these amazing stories uh, episodes that she watched <laughs> in a van at Burning Man no. no all these awesome things that would be really great she says I'm trying to think of how I can sell you on this but I don't know that I can I'm a gigantic extrovert the exact opposite of you so many of the things I love would uh, love most would turn you off I'm gonna try though and then she lists these things so you know it's weird Myers-Briggs I am dead center extrovert versus introvert. Yeah, and what it what that puts me at is like my Myers Briggs type is the promoter, um, which hmm. I so like I feel like seriously introverted people don't like making stuff and putting it out, and I do like making stuff and putting it out. I just don't like being there when people react to it. You know, huh. I don't like like. I want very much to entertain people and make them happy, but I want not at all to perform. Right? right. And so I I don't know. It 
Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how to characterize myself, introvert versus extrovert. I mean, I definitely can relate to like these. You know, the, the just like whatever like thing gets posted to Reddit. It's like how to care for your extrovert. It's like by the end of a party, I desperately need to go sit in a room by myself for a little while so that my face uh-huh. doesn't fall off. You know, and that's a thing that extroverts don't necessarily. They can't necessarily wrap their heads around, right? Like, it's having it described as like extroverts gain energy from being in crowds and introverts have to spend energy to be in crowds and it's like Mm. I enjoy it but I don't thrive on it and it's a thing that I it's a thing that you know it's a it's a vessel that fills up pretty fast I tend to want to be around people and uh, like go to parties and stuff and then when I'm there I tend to just kind of flutter from small group to small group always feeling on the outside of every conversation so like I love the idea of a party and uh, like occasionally you end up like sitting in the middle of a group of people having an amazing discussion or like a sing-along or looking at somebody's dick and that's fantastic but a lot of the time it is just like ah, those three guys are talking about Breaking Bad those three guys are talking about Game of Thrones those three guys are talking about how awesome guns sure. are. So here I am. I do almost always like at almost every party there is one there is at least one person that I can just just because of the parties that I choose to go to, you know, like mm-hmm. any party that I'm at that you're at, for instance, I can always go talk to you if there's no other yeah. comfortable conversations to be had and we can just stand and talk for an arbitrary length of time and not get bored. Right, so that's just right. a thing, and you know, same with same with hot stuff, and same with uh, same with disco banjo. Like he's been at most of the parties I've been to lately, and I talk to him about whatever stuff, and you know, and I think that's the a lot of the a lot of the Myers Briggs introvert versus extrovert stuff are like introverts tend to have a handful of people that they relate to extremely well, as opposed to being able to relate pretty well to a broad range of people. Yeah, you know? right. So. Also, Scully, Bob the Joker continues, you should totally look into the SCA. I've been involved with the SCA longer than I've been involved with Burning Man. SCA is actually closer to my heart than Burning Man. They're the ones who cured me of my crippling social anxiety and agoraphobia, so it's not hard to adore that community. No, it's hard not to adore that community. I'm good. Like I, I don't have anything disparaging to say about them, and I think it's cool that people are totally into it, but uh, ain't nobody got time for that. Uh, Smile Rut says, how'd you come up with the idea of making the goal of an RPG to die and start over from level one, especially when the majority of other RPGs have a completely different focus? By my understanding, Ascension wasn't in the game from the start. Was it a later decision, or was it a feature that took extra time to make? It was a later decision. It was, it was all Scully's idea. Yeah. That's why I'm still employed. Um, how'd you have the idea? Was there, like, some particular New Game Plus thing that you encountered in a video game that gave you that idea, or was it just really... It was just really whole cloth it was, from here. It was entirely the like when you finish Super Mario Brothers and the Goombas turn into Buzzy Beetles. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's how I described it to you. Which like which is weird, like I hadn't played that game in a while when I described that, but then it just opened up that like well if you could do that, maybe you could choose other ways to make it harder, like not eating or drinking yeah. or something. I think for a while I wanted to have like four different religions that you could follow. Then we decided we didn't want to make fun of religion that yeah. much. Yeah. 
Because, like, people can have religion. It's yeah. fine. It's not for me, but it's cool. Uh, let's huh. What do you think, man? We're uh, we're getting pretty close to the end of this here show. Yeah, we can, I, there's only, like, three questions left in the thread, and they're all pretty quick. Uh, HKC says, let's I thought about last up. week's discussion about what you'd think you'd like at Burning Man, people building cool shit. Isn't that Maker Fair? I don't know. I mean, Maker Fair is more about people building shit. The thing that I think I would like about Burning Man is people crafting experiences. You know, just like being able to go to 50 different weird-ass haunted houses would be a thing that I would really probably enjoy if I could go take a shower in between each one. Uh, Anyway. I don't know. Maybe I should check out a Maker Fair. It feels like a Maker Fair is probably a thing that would happen in San Francisco. Uh, In fact, our apartment is right upstairs from noise bridge so i could probably go look at some crazy cool shit that people are making at any given day if i could stand the smell of a lot of the noise bridge denizens um zot says it takes 21 ascensions to fully pimp out the yearbook club camera if you want to use it in run i like the idea but it does seem to be an excessive grind for a marginal benefit any chance that this could be tweaked uh no because if it was a really awesome thing it would be an excessive grind for a thing that you absolutely had to do so that camera is there for people who just like fucking with the camera and it gets a little better all the time for people who are into that, but it's not so good that anyone has to do it. And that is very much where it was deliberately positioned. Um, so, Cam yeah. and Bob says, I'd love to hear the experience of newbies in the game. Would you consider periodically inviting one to participate in the show with you via Skype or phone patch or even do a call-in show? Think how much fun it would be to get, hung, uh, to, get to hang up on us. The technical hurdles associated with doing Skype-ins are sufficient to make it so that's not a thing that I have any interest in doing at all. I mean, especially now, every show is recorded on each end so that it can actually sound good. Um, And recording Skype conversations is, for whatever reason, like, buying a program that records Skype conversations, why is it not just a feature of Skype other than Skype is just fucking crazy garbage now? Um, It's like... It's like buying porn or looking up lyrics. I like and it must just be it must just be in some weird legal gray area like wiretapping laws wise. Which is why it's not a thing where it's just like, oh, there's just this program for recording Skype calls and it's ten bucks and it fucking works and it's not all sleazy. Um but I haven't found it. Uh, Ranger Bill XX says, Jake, congratulations on winning this weekend's BMW Championship Golf Tournament. How do you find time to be such a great golfer and programmer? I can only find to, I can only seem to manage being neither of those things. You know, <laughs> I just, I get up early and I stay up late. Just do nothing but fucking d- d- play golf and eat psilocybin mushrooms. It's my secret. Yeah, so kids, d- uh, do mushrooms. Yeah, all the time. All right, well, this has been pretty good. Yeah, I think we have uh, given the people a full daily dose of, or a weekly dose, because if it were a daily dose and we only did it once a week, that would be kind of shitty of us. Yeah, everyone would be real deficient. All of their old wounds would be reopening. Consider this your weekly dose of us, and next week we'll be doing it from the same room. Consider also the lilies of the field. Yeah. Consider this the hint of the century. I'm Mr. Skullhead, and I'm leaving. I'm Jack, and I'm already gone.